Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Josh with a slight cold. And today we're going to be previewing the Miami game and the Independence Bowl. The game will be on Boxing Day, December 26th, 2019, 3 o'clock Central on ESPN. Vegas gives Miami uh, pretty good odds to win. They predict Miami to win by 7.5 with an over-under about 49.5. Yeah, some places have that up to up to like a 10-point spread too, um, I heard on Bleed Tech Blue. So if you're a betting type, 10 points is a lot, just saying. Yeah, so so we're saying definitely bet on tech and don't sue us when <laughs> when that doesn't happen. Yeah, but <laughs> I will not be culpable for any. <laughs> uh, FPI gives tech a 28% chance to win. Massey gives tech a 25% chance to win with the final score prediction of 28 to 20 Miami. Uh, in case you want to feel a little optimistic about this, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN predicts tech to win 35 to 24. And Solid Verbal, the podcast, thinks that it would be an interesting matchup with Miami not exactly excited to be in Shreveport. And really, who could blame them there? Excuse you, I live here. And do you like it? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> First, let's like, do you guys just have like, you know, general thoughts? I mean, seeing the FPI, we like FPI, we like Massey. Like, what is that? Does that seem fair? Or does that, what do you, what do you think I, about that, Nathan? I, I think it seems fair with the way that computer polls usually work for this they don't usually counter in injuries or other things like that and miami not that they're so much banged up but they're not the same team that played the regular season was it two or three players declared for the draft and manny diaz has gone on record saying every position on the team is open tryouts right now basically uh whoever plays the best and to try to go into next season with a better idea of how to run this team and so yeah. this feels like a preseason game for miami when right. for tech it's, we're going to be playing it like it's the super bowl and that may give an edge to the bulldogs in a game that no one's really predicting to miami even at full strength to blow us out right so maybe that's enough the, to push us the over computers the, the computers ain't taking bowl game skip into account here i'm a computer i mean they're, they're not they're not trying to play and, and you're exactly right i was gonna say miami seems to be treating it more as a preseason game for 2020 more than a uh a thing that they're grateful to be in and another another chance to showcase the outgoing seniors and whatnot but josh what what, what do you think well so here's my thought process it's like Miami obviously has a more talented team in the way that it's Miami. They recruit really well. Actually, I'm not entirely sure about that. I'm looking that up right now. So Miami, their four-year recruiting ranking is number 26. Yeah. And then Texas, let me scroll, 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 (laughs) scroll, scroll, scroll. Tech sits at 82. So that's quite a difference in talent. And, you know, recruiting rankings and talent isn't everything. It's not the whole picture. but this is a a case of, you know, is Miami's team going to be coached well enough or have the ability to, like, get up and go and play against probably a, a team that they don't want to be playing against in the bowl that they have no interest in, really? They, right. They've had a very lackluster season. I mean, they lost to FIU. They lost to Georgia Tech. It's... It's not these aren't exactly Miami things to do. And Tech, on the other hand, is you know they got the you know the five bowl game wins in a row. They're gonna be they want that sixth one. I mean, yeah, it's Shreveport, yeah. but a lot of us are from the area. You know, we'll be playing in front of family and friends, so Tech's probably gonna try and ball out. So I, I imagine Tech will play really well in Miami. Yeah, might not. Yeah. What? So so let's get some let's get some context for the game. You know, all time Tech has played Miami four times uh, and lost all four. So not great. Back in 1979, uh, Tech went down to Miami and lost six to nothing. So are are you sure that's like not 1879? That's a what? <laughs> so th- then 
we went on a little, you know, 20 something year hiatus of playing the Hurricanes and uh, we got a two for one somehow with the vaunted Canes. This was back when they were a nationally renowned program. They won the Thank national you. title in 2001. You know, they were great throughout the late 80s, 90s. In 2000, Miami went 11 and one and they actually probably should have been in the national championship game, but the relatively new BCS decided to put Florida State ahead of Miami, even though Miami beat the Seminoles head to head. Meanwhile, Tech went three and nine that year, but they only lost to Miami 42 to 31. So that's like not terrible. And uh, one interesting tidbit from that game is that Luke McCown attempted 72 passes oh, and no. threw like 415 yards. Did, did Miami go up 42 to zero at the half? <laughs> I, I don't know but it, it was uh yeah that that was pretty crazy uh so then miami came and played actually in independent stadium in shreveport against tech but we won't talk about that game much because tech lost 48 to 9 and then the next year tech went down to miami and apparently they really liked giving up 48 points and so they lost 48 to zero that time. So that sounds like they didn't really travel down to Miami. They just, <laughs> the, yeah. the plane was empty. Then again, fast forward to this year, 2019 and soon to be 2020. And Miami is not really the national contender that they once were because they're an independence bowl. You can probably guess that the record is six and six and you'd be correct, but they have beaten some pretty good teams. They beat the number 20 team in the country, Virginia, UVA, a bounce back program in Louisville and a Pittsburgh team that was Okay. Uh, but they also lost some real head scratchers in there too. They got dominated at a baseball field by FIU in Marlins oh, Park yeah. in Miami. That, that one's oh. just a weird like setup. <laughs> anyway, like they got they played in a baseball stadium. Okay, who are they? The Raiders? <laughs> it's not even a good baseball or whatever. And then they also lost to Georgia Tech <laughs> with three and nine and Duke five and seven. Isn't that the one that has like aquariums in the <laughs> like in the backstop or something? Like that seems dangerous. Yeah, it's like a waterfall to the face. Just poor fish. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars level and build a swimming pool. Yeah, they 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 lost to Georgia Tech. Man, Georgia Tech went three and nine. Like they're they're not good. And yeah. Duke also had a better season than I think Duke normally has in football, but they still went five and seven. So, but I think I think the the key thing is you know they had a very up and down season as Nathan just said, but just. Two weeks before the end of the season, right on the eve of them playing FIU, there was a real shot that this team could be going to the Orange Bowl because with Clemson obviously headed to the playoffs since no one was going to beat them, the ACC spot in the Orange Bowl would basically be up for grabs for any of the top teams in the conference. And obviously with the Orange Bowl being in Miami, the Hurricanes would be an obvious choice. So that's kind of where they stood at six and four. And they just needed to beat FIU and Duke to be eight and four and have a real <laughs> legitimate shot at that. Oh man. Uh, and then they did it. It was kind of like tech back when we were nine and one in 2012. And I don't know like, what you're talking San about. San Jose state <laughs> and, uh, and Utah oh, state. But anyway, um, those aren't real schools. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> Utah's not a state. Utah's not a state. So instead of the, the orange bowl, you know, they get to, travel to Shreveport and play Louisiana Tech, which I guess from from our perspective, that doesn't seem so bad. But from their perspective, that's probably a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, there was some talk about Tech players also being a little disappointed and only playing in Shreveport. But I feel like if you're coming from Miami, you're allowed to be a little bit more disappointed. Yeah. (laughs) And even then, even if they were gearing up and ready to go, Miami's lost eight of their last nine bowl appearances. Then again, none of those nine were against a G5 school. 
but their only bowl win this decade was in 2016 at the Russell Athletic Bowl against West Virginia. RIP. RIP West Virginia or RIP <laughs> Russell <laughs> Athletic Bowl? Athletic bowl. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I think is the Bell Bowl? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I thought maybe Marshall finally got the revenge on the other school in the state. And West Virginia <laughs> was no more. But Miami's all-time bowl record is 19-21. and 21. So almost 50% there, even though they've been trending down the last few years. Tech is obviously coming off a five-game bowl win streak, each in five different bowls. So I guess in, was it 35 years, they'll have won every bowl game known to man. <laughs> <laughs> let's go tech rose bowl let's do it Ooh. and tech is also seven three and one all time and bowl games one two and one against current p5 schools yeah that's yeah. good for fifth like across the entire country yeah so yeah. i know marshall's not, number one but yeah not bad and and i mean you got to think those five bold ones in a row before that started, we were two, three and one all yeah. time. So, I mean, look at us go, man. There's no regression of the mean happening anytime soon. Never, <laughs> no. never. I don't know what that means. This ain't stats <laughs> class. I'm, I'm a history major, man. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so that one tie also interestingly was in the independence bowl against Maryland in 1990 or 1991. Um, and I have a jacket from that game that I bought on eBay. So that's, you know, that's that's Evan's cool bull fact. That's the kind of content you crave listening to this podcast. But yeah, back on track, we should note that overall, it seems like Miami is not thrilled to be in this game as it seems pretty obvious at this point. Many DS has gone on record saying that every single position on the field is up for grabs, uh, probably among the players that are already on the team. But you never know. <laughs> Dude, can I start? Josh, you want to go be quarterback? Dude, <laughs> take him down from the inside, man. I'm trying to lay some hits, lay some pipe. <laughs> Wait, you are too late to get hit by uh, Jalen Ferguson, though, and what the honor that would be. Jalen Ferguson would kill me. <laughs> Josh would get banished <laughs> to the shadow realm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, yeah. so it seems like it seems like Manny Diaz really wants this game. Like we said, it's it's a preseason game. He wants to get the young guys reps in practice. He he's more interested in development for next year, which is honestly what he should be interested in. Like for from Miami's perspective, like Miami does not want to go six and six. And if they go six and six again next year, the man's job is going to be in serious, serious trouble. Like, so he, he should be saying those things, right? That this is a tune up game. This is to see what we have going into next year. It's kind of like, it's kind of like spring camp part zero, right? Yeah. And against it, against like an actual other team that is trying to win the game. Right. And you'd think that if you wanted to play some 4D chess here, that Skip should do the same thing. If our goal is not win bowl games, but win conference championships, you say, okay, well, no seniors play because we won't have them next year. And we want to see how the quarterback situation looks and stuff like that. But that's not really, that doesn't, it feels like it goes against the spirit of the game a little bit. Uh, yeah. You want to try to win bowl games when you can. We already saw what the quarterback situation looks like. And I don't need to see that again until next September, man. So yeah. <laughs> let's let offensive player of the year, Jamar Smith, ball out one last time yeah. please and and you can push snooze on that alarm clock that is sadness right <laughs> and i'm sure by next by next august we'll have talked ourselves into being conference title winners oh, yeah, with uh, whoever is our quarterback and you know not to, not to talk trash about aaron allen and weston elliott and, and all the other quarterbacks but yeah no the opportunity here is for jmar to go beat a p5 school and get to 10 wins like that's that's what we want actually i'll just go ahead and go on record saying that tech is going 12 and 0 next year and beating a baylor hell yeah i think it's top 10 right now let's i think go. you mean i think you mean what would that be 15 and 0 national oh, title yes. winners let's go let's <laughs> no and then we would lose the conference title oh no <laughs> but back to miami miami's offense ranks 90th overall 
in college football. That's 379 yards per game. They rank 42nd in passing with 259 yards per game. That's across, I think, two different quarterbacks and possibly a third coming in for this bowl game. Uh, 120th in rushing. That's 122 Oof. yards per game. Yeah. Uh, remember, there's 130. 131 130 teams in college football and yeah. 73rd in scoring which is pretty smack dab in the middle 27.8 points per game uh there right. is an open competition to practice for the quarterback position kind of two candidates really kind of hoping for that job evan you want to tell me about them yeah so uh jaron williams has gotten most of the action this year i believe he's a sophomore um redshirt sophomore he he completes 63 percent of his passes had over 2,000 yards 19 touchdowns and uh, six interceptions. So that's a pretty good ratio. And whatever happened to him against FIU, I, I can't explain it, but the dude was just kind of awful. Like he, he came into that game with three interceptions in, you know, 10 games to that point and then threw three more against FIU. So the other candidate would be Nikosi Perry, who I think was expected to be better. I think both of these guys, like the fan base really had high expectations for both of them and neither of them really panned out. But anyway, Perry, Perry completes about 56% of his throws had almost a thousand yards, eight touchdowns and two picks. On wait, the season. wait. So you're telling me Tathan is not in competition for this bowl game. Tate Martell may or may not be <laughs> in competition. He may be in the transfer portal. He may not. I don't know. Yeah. And then even outside the quarterback position, I almost said FIU. Miami will be missing their top <laughs> running back. That's probably the harshest insult I could give them. Uh, DJ right. Dallas, who's out with an elbow injury that he got against FIU. Hence my confusion. Uh, look out for Cameron. That's not Cameron. The E is missing and it's replaced with apostrophe. Second running back. Cameron Harris is his name. <laughs> he had 650 yards from scrimmage and six touchdowns. He's pretty good. I mean, he's he wasn't their main guy going into the season. Got to look out for him for sure. Yeah, and as far as receivers go, they've got a few primary targets. KJ Osh... Osborne, 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 Osborne. That's the normal way to pronounce that. (laughs) KJ Osborne, Mike Harley and Jeff Thomas are all decent, but they've also got all ACC tight end in Brevin Jordan, who caught 35 passes for 495 yards and two touchdowns. He actually led the team in receiving yards. And that's an area of weakness for tech that we probably all expect Miami to try to exploit. Yeah, I, I mean, if a Meek's playing, <laughs> which we don't know, it, it might be a good idea to to maybe try to match him up. I know a Meek doesn't really play slot, but and also size advantage. Even though a Meek plays above his size, it... right? Yeah, I, I'm just that's troublesome and worrying, you know. But it's also kind of telling that like their leading receiver through all 12 games only didn't even have 500 yards, so. I mean, that, that's kind of interesting, but... Especially because they're, again, ranked 42nd in the country in passing yards per game. You'd yeah. expect at least a receiver to stand out. Yeah, so what, what do you guys think offensively? Like, definitely seems like offense is Miami's weakness. Obviously, we'll talk about their 13th ranked defense in a minute, but... Let's stay in this happy place for a second. How do you think Tech defensively is going to match up with Miami? Like, are, is Miami going to score more points than they usually do or what? Like, you guys got thoughts about that? It's it's like they're just going to air it out. There's no reason for them to rush. And I don't know if it's because of like their running backs or who knows that like you just look at the stats. and It's like, yeah, they're going to they're going to try and throw all over us, whichever quarterback it happens to be. But yeah, can our secondary keep up, which you really hope Amik is going to play, because even though these quarterbacks don't throw a ton of interceptions, like they haven't played an all-American cornerback in a bowl game like a meek you know so 
just just had to throw that in there. Amik, our all American. Uh, hopefully, he'll be consensus. We're not sure yet, but um, but also but yeah. looking at their schedule and seeing just at a very broad level, points scored is not the best football metric, but it's a simple one. Looking to see what they were able to score on different teams. So against their FCS opponent in Bethune Cookman, they scored 63 points, which kind of probably skews that a little high. But then against Central Michigan, they won that game, but won it by five with a final score of 17 to 12. Ugh, um, they beat Virginia, again, the ranked team, uh, 17 to nine, also low. FIU was, they scored 24 points, which is, I guess, good for them on the year, but not good enough to beat FIU. They had 52 points against Louisville. So it feels like a very boomer bust offense. Either they score in that 15 to 25 point range, which I would feel very confident about Tech winning, especially with our starting quarterback under center. Or I guess in the shotgun, we don't do much under center. But then there's the other <laughs> side of the team that scores 60, 50 points. If that's the team that shows up, I'd be a lot more worried. But I really oh, yeah. want to be the first of those two things. I mean, yeah, yeah I think I think if Miami is able to score like 35 on us, that they, they'll probably win the game because their defense is is really solid. So let's let's talk about that defense. Yeah, they are 13th in total defense, as Evan alluded to. That's 308 yards per game. 22nd in passing defense, 198 yards per game. And 16th in rushing defense, 110 yards per game. They are also the 25th team in the country at scoring defense, only allowing 20.8 points per game. Yeah, I mean, you have to commend Blake Baker for his first year down in Miami. They're really good. I mean, and of course, Manny Diaz is part of that too. So you got two defensive minded coaches. So you kind of expect them to be high ranked, but on a team that went six and six and it's kind of like their fans are super mad and, you know, that definitely underperformed, but the, the defense is legit. Like it, it's all, it's all there. So like I said earlier, I think if Miami's offense can find a way to put up 30, 35 tech has a really good offense, but we haven't played very many defenses this good and we haven't played a defense this good with Jamar at all I would say because UAB and Marshall have solid defenses but we weren't really ourselves that week so it'll be very interesting to see uh, how our strengths compare you know but anyway they they have some players missing for the game Nathan two very good defensive ends and Trayvon Hill and Jonathan Garvin who have both signed agents already in preparation for the 2020 NFL draft so they are missing two core pieces of that defensive line that I don't know if they are pass rush specialties or run specialties or whatever, but that has to have an impact on what's otherwise a very right. good defense. Right. And and I mean, the front seven is almost certainly the key to everything for them because they are so good at stopping the run. So once you've kind of taken somebody and made them one dimensional, um, you know, obviously you have to have a good secondary to stop the pass too, but like the pass rush and we'll talk about their main pass rusher in a minute um, in their, their freshman all-conference player Gregory Rousseau? Rosso? I'm not sure, but I, I wanted to I wanted to pronounce his name so Nathan didn't have to because I feel yeah, like he you. gets stuck with all the. <laughs> I'm about to start um, reading pronunciation guides before we do the show. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but Gregory R- Rousseau uh, is how I'm going to say it. Had 14 and a half sacks, and he's a freshman. Uh, Blake Baker really moves him around the defensive line, kind of matches him up, fi- finds a matchup that works, and and uh, exploits it. And so our offensive line is going to have to be up to the task because this kid is really good. And like I said, he was he was just named to the ACC first team all conference and he absolutely deserved it. I mean, the dude is was a game breaker. So another another player that made all conference for them is their linebacker uh, Shaquille Quarterman, who led the team with 96 tackles and added 15 and a half tackles for loss. 
So, you know, Tech Tech has Ethan Reed, who's made some absurd number of starts, like 52 or something. Quarterman just set the Miami record with his 51st straight start, uh, and that Jeez. was against Duke. And so I, I was actually expecting him to maybe be one of the players that would sit out. But uh, Nathan, you, you said it looks like he's going to play? Yeah, that's, that's what I've seen online so far. Right now, as far as the NFL draft goes, they've given him a draft grade of around the fifth round. And mm. not knowing too much about how the NFL draft works, but I imagine if you have a fifth round grade, there's a pretty good chance you could still drop out of the draft it's definitely not a guarantee you get drafted in the fifth round so maybe play this game he's also signed up to play the east west shrine game something like the senior bowl to give himself more exposure in front of scouts and other things he'll probably do the combine he's trying to improve his draft stock and that's probably a pretty good reason to play in a bowl game even if some of his other compatriots are sitting out also if you get drafted in the fifth round you're not getting the guaranteed millions of dollars that you get as a second or third round guy so tech should just watch out for that guy that's all i'm saying watch out yeah and there are several players on this team even beyond the ones that are sitting out that are very good you don't get to be 13th in total defense by only having we mentioned four players by name but you you need a whole squad of players to be that good on defense i'm curious josh what do you think about the defense just in general in general their defense is i mean they have a really high rank right now the acc as a conference hasn't been the best this year so you got to look at it in the way that well is their ranking inflated at all because i mean if you have a 13th ranked defense and you're sitting at six and six something seems off to me but like you said they have the talent they have the talent and we all know who like we all know blake baker well like he's put together some solid defenses at tech that we've been mostly happy with and you know he's got that same defense, but with better players. Yeah. So I think their defense probably is pretty good. Now, I don't know exactly how good. And, and luckily, we'll find out soon. Well, or yeah. Unfortunately, it depends. I think I think we can expect pressure. Like, we, we know Blake Baker, right? And we know Manny Diaz five years ago, but they're going to bring pressure. They're going to force you to to make quick decisions. And luckily, with Jamar at the helm, I think we've got a chance to actually be able to do that. So... Um, it, it is a compelling matchup, though, because like our strength is our offense. Their strength is their defense. Who's going to win? Like That's kind of what it comes down to, right? Because Miami will probably score some points against us. But like, can we score points against their defense enough points to win the game? So looking forward to it. Some other people online, I guess, are looking forward to this game. Evan, you compiled some. Ooh, I, guess, I don't know if they're I don't know if looking forward to it is the right way to. <laughs> yeah, phrase that's it. Not cool. um, so so I went to the I went to the. Uh, Miami boards and it was it's canesinsight.com is where I went so free message board here and yeah Um, or is it cane canes cane sin it could have been like the hurricaneiac yeah I'm Uh, assuming this is a raisin canes forum (laughs) oh man I need to get on that forum the first thing I noticed was that several people called Manny Diaz (laughs) manure Diaz (laughs) which I thought was pretty funny the childish behavior you can expect on a message board after one year of being a head coach. The the second thing to take away from their forums is that they hate, hate, hate. both Perry and Williams at quarterback. They just hate them. One person joked that DJ Dallas, the injured running back who is done for the season, would be better in the Wildcat than either of them at quarterback. That's pretty, pretty good, I guess. Um just so many references to the water boy, you know, Bobby Boucher is going to come get us. And just like, man, do you guys know anything about Louisiana? But clearly they don't. So no, no one understands that there's a huge cultural divide between North and South Louisiana. Also, real quick hot take. That's not a very good movie. Come at me. Wow. Huh. Wow. 
I haven't seen it in like 12 years, so I'll, I kind of liked it, I guess, but uh, I don't know. Somebody said, and this is a quote, I keep reading bull as bowel. Seems about right. <laughs> well, it's um, a bowl, any bowel, I, I guess, yeah. An independence bowel sounds a lot more festive, though. <laughs> it sounds like something <laughs> a three-year-old would have. Independent bowel sounds like some <laughs> ad you'd see on like, do you have IBS? Oh, wait, that's something else. <laughs> so this one, and I apologize in advance, uh, Nathan, for this, but that is the fucking problem. Stop trying to have fun, you sorry sons of bitches, and try to come play football. No, don't try. Fuck. Come and play football. Proud Miami Hurricanes football. But that's probably something you have no fucking clue how to do. So that guy. That guy sounds like he'd be very fun at a party. So one thing I wanted to discuss here is, you know, some some people, I'm not sure if either of you guys feel this way, but some people are kind of tired of winning bowl games, right? Like going nine and three, 10 and three with a bowl win is, is not going to be good enough. You know, it's conference championship or bust. And I understand that to a certain extent, right? Like our goal should not be to end up in the Independence Bowl and beat whoever we play, right? Our goal should be to win Conference USA, push for an access bowl. That that should be the next step. But some people seem to think that they don't matter. And I personally take a, take a you know, not offense, but I just take exception to that because, again, we, we listed our bowl record earlier, t- seven, three, and one. You know, six years ago, it was two, three, and one all time. And so you cannot say, like, looking at our program right now as it stands, like, Skip is pulling in recruiting classes that are better than recruiting classes we've ever had. We're going to be number one in the conference probably this year. And we're going to be in the top like 60 in the nation probably this year. So that's unprecedented for us. So, and it's not just winning bowl games, obviously. Skip is building the program, but part of that is having success and getting your name out there. And so I, I just think that bowl games are important and we should care about them and we should want to be in them. You know, it shouldn't be like, oh, we didn't UAB got us again. Our season's over. Like, yeah, we can be mad about that. But the bowl game still still matters is what I'm saying. And if if both of you guys agree with me, then good. And if you don't, let's fight. (laughs) So I agree with you. I think bowl games are good for recruiting and who doesn't want more football. But I can I could take an angle on this. Yeah, go for it. What, What you got? Okay, bowl games don't matter outside of the New Year Six. And actually, most of the New Year Six games don't matter because they're not part of the playoff. The only thing that matters is the playoff is winning a national championship. And the only way you do that is by getting rid of all these garbage bowls and making a 16-team playoff so the dogs can run the table. Go Bulldogs, baby! (laughs) Okay, that took a turn I wasn't expecting, but, you know, I just ran with it. I don't think the bowl system's going anywhere, even if we do expand the playoffs. But no. that that's probably for off season. I mean, you can argue that like the New Year's Six Bowls don't matter, but a lot of people would be mad at you. And you could argue that the Access Bowl for the G5s don't matter, but that would be wrong because that is a huge boost in recruiting. Oh, yeah. Here's my take on why bowl games don't matter. Nothing matters. Life is meaningless. That's also true. <laughs> that's also very Well, true. I got no arguments with you there. We play ex- ex- existential football now. Yeah, just why find any joy in any life? Why do anything? If you don't win championships, what's even the point? It's not like anyone has fun doing this anyway. The whole reason we do this is because we show up to our nine to five job, watch, sit down, watch football, hope our team wins. If not, then we just give up on everything. Like what's football is there to to have fun. God, you sound like an Alabama fan. (laughs) It's my alternate persona, I guess. But yeah, it's to me saying that bowl games don't matter. Different things matter to different people. Just because you don't like something and just because you don't care about something doesn't mean that other people don't care. But yeah, I don't know. It, it gets tiresome hearing people complain about how things don't matter when really none of it really does matter. Like It's a game that we watch 
for fun. And right. we talk about for over half an hour every week on the show and write about yeah. and other things. Like it's, it's all, it's literally a game. Just have fun with it. Yeah. And do we want more? Of course. We're, we're always going to want more. If we start winning the conference title, we're going to want the access bowl. And if we start, if, if we start winning access bowls, we're going to want to be in the national title conversation, right? Like that's just how it works, right? If Memphis who's in the access bowl this year, if they go to the to the Access Bowl three years in a row and go undefeated in those three years, they're going to want more, right? They're not going to be satisfied with the Cotton Bowl or the Orange Bowl or whatever the Access Bowl is that year, right? So, I I mean, of course you always... uh, Alabama fans want more, right? (laughs) It's human nature to want more, obviously, but, like, that doesn't mean we can't enjoy what we have and, like, want to win our sixth straight bowl game. All right, let's let's take a deep breath real quick. Let's... uh... Cleansing breaths. <laughs> and let's let's calm ourselves down with some predictions, I guess. Ooh. How do you guys see this game going? Let's start let's start with Josh. Then. Oh, we're starting with me. Okay, so here's ah. the thing. Here's the thing. Miami doesn't want to be here. Tech's gonna come out trying to prove a point. Uh Tech's gonna go up and score twice before Miami gets on the board. It's gonna be real it's gonna be like a yeah, we're gonna get up big and then Miami's gonna try to play catch up the rest of the game and it's just not gonna work. I'm really hyped on the Bulldogs and they're gonna beat Miami and they're gonna win thirty-one to twenty-six. All right. Nice. Evan. Yeah. Uh you, you don't come into Shreveport, at least after two thousand three, anyway. You just don't come into Shreveport. <laughs> <laughs> that's when tourism died. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the Shreveport tourism uh, <laughs> price. Don't, don't come to Shreveport. <laughs> it's after 2008. What are you doing? <laughs> um, a- anyway, you don't come into Shreveport and take down Offensive Player of the Year, Jamar Smith and the Bulldogs. You just, you just don't do it. Tech's going to win this game. Miami's got a really good defense, but um, they're not hyped for this game. All the press conferences were kind of like, yeah, th- cool. You know, their fans are really mad about it. Their fans are asking to be banned from the postseason instead of having to watch their team for another game. They could not be less excited about this game. And now the players are going to get up. They're going to want to play once they're there. You know, players compete. That's what they do. But Tech is going to be more ready. Tech knows the defense that they run. And when Blake Baker was here, Jamar wasn't 2019 Jamar. So he hadn't seen Jamar this year. We'll see how uh, how Blake Baker likes his old quarterback now. I'm going to say, let's see, the over-under is 49 and a half. I don't, I think it's going to be right around there probably. So I'll probably say Tech wins like 24 to 20, maybe, maybe like 27, 21 or something like that. So kind of similar to Josh, but I, I think, I think the dog's got this one. And if a meek plays, he's getting a pick six, book it. If he doesn't play, he's not getting a pick six. Also, book that. <laughs> be really hard. To 27 21. That's play. my final final yeah, prediction. Tech wins my prediction, six bowl game. My prediction will be Amik gets a pick six no matter what. But yeah, <laughs> I want to go a slightly different direction. I think Miami's defense, even missing a few key pieces, will still be good enough to keep the Bulldogs out of the end zone for most of the game. I think that the tech defense will do its typical give up a touchdown on the first and second drive, first or second drive, and and Miami will be leading most of the way. I'll say going into the fourth quarter, it will be 17 to say 17 three Miami and kind of an all is lost kind of moment. And then Jamar realizes this is his last game. 
he'll be playing in a tech uniform and hopefully not in any uniform. Hopefully he finds a team somewhere after college and tech makes a comeback, scores two touchdowns to make the score 17 to 16 before the extra point attempt on the last touchdown with less than two minutes to go. Skip chooses to go for two. They make it. They lead by one. Miami gets the kickoff, runs down the field, attempts a field goal with as the time expires to win the game and they miss it. Oh my gosh, Nathan. Why would you want to give me a heart attack? You are you are going to make if, if that scenario happens, I'm going to uh show my true colors in front of Catherine's family for the first time. <laughs> She's been nervously pacing around the house. Yeah. Shouting profanity in her grandparents' house. Like just <laughs> practicing some Miami game day takes. Yeah. The I mean, that's obviously over-specific, and so therefore probably not going to happen. But I'm scared of this Miami defense, even missing those two defensive linemen. I'm not very scared of their offense. I think that Texas defense just... They bend but don't break, but every now and then they kind of do. They'll they'll let up some scores that you kind of seem like head scratchers. And yeah, that's that seems like a very possible way this game goes, even if everything else I said doesn't actually happen. Well, if we look at uh if we look at their game against FIU, right? They gave up 30 points. The offense did not help them at all. They turned the ball over three, four times. But you know, that was a game where, again, Miami had the Orange Bowl on the table in front of them. This game, they got nothing on the table in front of them, right? So I, I just think the motivations are are good enough for Tech. And, and, you know, you could say the same for Tech. They got, you know, they missed the, the conference title game. They didn't get to play. And I think, but I think they're going to be pissed about that because they all watched UAB get curb stomped, right? And all, you, all you're thinking when you're watching that as a Tech fan or a Tech player, I bet, is, man, if we were there... We would not have lost 49 to six. We would not have lost 49 to goddamn six. So like they're going to come out with the passion and a fire that Miami is not going to match. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking my 27, 21 is too slim of a margin. I, I'm not saying it's going to be like SMU without, with a grad assistant calling the plays, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it, it's not, man, I'm, oscillating here between like going up to like 35 20 and staying where i'm at but anyway yeah i'll and stick I, i'll stick with 27 21 yeah and I, I don't want to spend too long here but i think that winning five in a row has kind of kind of warped in our minds the fact that we actually can lose bowl games no like once you do it no, often enough it, no, it feels can. like yeah exactly I, I never went to san diego what are you talking about mm. i feel like that's warping optimism a little bit i say as someone who's usually way too optimistic in his uh <laughs> predictions but... and you also still pick tech to win by and the I still way. To, yeah exactly <laughs> but and i think they do but i i think it's also worth knowing that it's definitely not a gimme either yeah yeah no and no game's a gimme right but even yeah, so we're we're in agreement with that. So quickly, uh, turning to basketball really quick, because we've already gone way over time. We're recording this podcast a little bit early so that I can fly home and have this edited and everything. So we won't have the ULL post game until next week. But I do want to go ahead and do a quick preview of the team we're playing the day this episode comes out in North Carolina Central. Not a lot to go over here because they are the number 327 team in the country. And Oof. Ken Palm predicts Tech to win 79 to 57 at this point, 97% chance to win. So looking at their four factors from Ken Palm. Uh, their effective field goal rate is about 45%. So that's 292nd in the country. The turnover percentage is almost 25 and a half, which is 346th in the country. Uh, their offensive rebounding percentage is a little bit better at 27%, and they don't shoot a lot of free throws either. So just generally not a very good team. The only teams they've beaten so far this year are USC Upstate. Who? Wait, what? Who? Yeah, I don't even know which USC that is. Yeah, it's South Carolina. That, that's right, cool. that's in my neck of the woods. 
They also beat. I didn't know they had a basketball team, though. (laughs) That school was 343rd in the country. Ah. Yeah. Uh, They did lose to number three, Louisville, shocking everyone. But they did beat Bluefield State. I have no idea where that is. They don't have a page on Ken Palm. Bluefield's not a state. That's all I know. Bluefield State is. Okay. I just, I Google searched it and it told me Bluefield Road, which is a road in Springdale, Montana. (laughs) Um, Wow. Um, hmm. And then the other win, their last game, they won against Christendom. What? Christendom. Christianate? Like Christendom? Or um, yeah, probably Christendom. Uh, I googled That's it. College. <laughs> Google gave me the dictionary definition of Christendom. Yeah. And um, what? And so it also gave me a road, but luckily the road happened to be right next to the college. Uh, Christendom Drive is right on the edge of Christendom College campus, which is in Shenandoah, Virginia, in my neck of the woods. Huh. Bluefield State College is in Bluefield, West Virginia, by the way. Oh, also oh. kind of my neck of the woods. Yeah. So those are the three wins that text opponent after ull plays so we'll probably win it (laughs) (laughs) and hope hopefully and nathan you'll have to come back and cut this out if we use to ull but while you're listening to this celebrate our victory over ull i should not have said that (laughs) too bad i'm editing this before that came you'll have to cut it after you have to come back in and post edit and repost the thing so i don't sound like an idiot or just keep it in (laughs) anyway let's go ahead move on to the tweet of the week i have two kind of queued up for us this week so i guess in second place fau beat reporter jack wittenden the third tweeted i was all sorts of hyped with taggart's as in their new head coach willie taggart's introductory presser until he reminded us that he was the first coach to ever win at fau stadium (laughs) rip up that contract and cancel his boca resort membership i'm still bitter af (laughs) yeah he was the coach of usf and i guess i guess that was their first game in their stadium so it's rough buddy yeah and keeping in the trend of FAU's new head coach, our winner, I guess, there's no real prize or anything, but the winner of this week's Kusa Tweet of the Week goes to Charmillionaire, a long time, he's got to have some sort of streak going at this friend point. Of podcast. Frenemy yes. of the podcast? Yeah. Frenemy, yeah. So FAU <laughs> tweeted, welcome to Paradise, Coach Taggart, with a picture of him and the football field and the normal general here, yay, we have a new football coach. But the bottom, because their slogan used to be winning in paradise, and now says Willie in paradise. Charmillion Air quote tweeted that saying, I rented Willie in Paradise once for my hotel room in 2009 on a work trip and got fired. <laughs> yeah. Solid joke. Oh, man. Yeah. Also, shout out to uh, to LaTeX Sports Report for actually fulfilling our request to have a GTPDD 69 throwback jersey background made because LaTeX Sports did not. But LaTeX Sports Report did. So shout out to them. Now to find somewhere that can actually print that out. (laughs) That about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Plays and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or go to our blog where there'll be a couple new posts up now that we actually have time to write about things again. That's at gtpdd.dog. Yep. Thanks so much for listening throughout the season. We're not quite done yet. But this has been a lot of fun to uh, just start off the ground. But until yeah. next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm in your DS. <laughs> and go tech. Please don't die. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, man.
makes sense for a guy like him who's got that fifth ground raid. Uh, great fifth. What did I just huh. say? Fifth, fifth ground, ground raid. raid. <laughs> <laughs> there's, got it right. there's your bumper, yeah. <laughs> Nathan. But um, 